Hey Queens, are you ready to level up? Then join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy where you can find weekly bonus content and FDS commentary on all the latest pop culture relationship and dating news. If you just want to listen to the extra bonus content, we have the lurker mode tier on our Patreon. If you want merchandise, access to the private FDS Patreon discord, which also includes a monthly book club with FDS and feminist themed books, as well as FDS merchandise, t-shirts, mugs, and the opportunity to discuss topics with the FDS podcast queens live, as well as submit stories for our Rose Disco Queen and Nasus discussions on the podcast itself. So if you'd like access to all this and more, visit our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm Ro. And this is Savannah. And I'm Lilith. And today we have a case study. A WWE-themed case study, because as you all know, I was a WWE fan for a very, very long time, about 10 years. I'm still reeling from that information, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. Like, WWE was great. I I always thought it was something that only Americans would like. I felt like, um, you know, the idea of uh, British people liking it is weird to me for some reason. (laughs) It's massive, because they, they used to tour, like, twice a year. I actually got, like, front... Like, my sister got me front row seats for my 16th birthday. Um, and it was really, really... The atmosphere was amazing. Like, my sister doesn't... Like, she's not into wrestling, but even she had a really good time. Like, when you're actually there and you see them, the atmosphere was just totally electric. Like, I would go again to another live show if I could, even though I've not watched it in years. Nice. Yeah, I had no idea it was at all popular abroad much less in in europe (laughs) no it's massive in europe so like so now we can tell all the yuppie people that look down on wwe (laughs) as being for rednecks like it's It's big in europe Europe. (laughs) (laughs) it's not it's massive and they've really expanded especially since they went like pg so they started to appeal to children more they've really really expanded their market so they're also in asia a lot as well the middle east um so they've done pretty well for themselves as an organization um but this episode will look at one of the if not the biggest that franchise player i would say in wwe and that is john cena so for those who aren't familiar with wwe john cena is a is a wrestler turned actor now he's he's made he's been in quite a few big films um in hollywood recently like fast nine um and he started off in the wwe i'd say he was even bigger than the rock when he was in wwe like cena was massive um but anyway this won't focus on his career but his personal life it shows a number of things um like the first and most important thing i think is that it shows that just because a man is like wealthy, successful, he's got money, that doesn't necessarily mean that he won't be low value like towards you and that he won't waste your time in relationships. Uh, the second one is it also shows why it's not a good idea to be a forever girlfriend like slash a Barb the Builder, as we like to say. I understand that there are people... Um, who who like follow FDS who may not be interested in marriage and that's absolutely fine i don't think marriage is for everyone if if like you don't want to get married and that's something that you that you want then that's absolutely fine 
But when it isn't fine is if you're staying with a guy who told you that he doesn't want to get married to you, but you want to get married to him. That That's yeah. where the forever girlfriend be- can become really, really bad news for you, as we'll find out during this case study. Uh, Cena was uh, married um, to um, his first wife called Liz. Uh, they were on and off for almost 20 years, according to him. And uh, Cena would often say in interviews that that Liz um, was there for him when he moved to California from Massachusetts to try and um, build a career for himself as a bodybuilder and a wrestler. And she would sleep in the car with him. She supported him. She was around when um, he wasn't like getting any work, when he was broke, when he was homeless and all that jazz. That seems to be the backstory of a lot of wrestlers, that they just start out broke. <laughs> it must be really hard to break into. That they start out homeless? Yeah. It's a really, really tough industry to break into. You really need to be in the right place at the right time with the right skill set, with the right looks. Um, so being successful in the wrestling world, it hinges on a lot of variables that may be out of your control. Like I think even in Cena's case, he sort of came across it by accident. He said that, He was in the gym one day and a friend said, oh, I train at this wrestling gym. Why don't you come down? Um, And that was how it started for him. It was just a conversation. Yeah, you just have to also be extremely marketable as well if you want to do well. Um, And that's not an easy thing to do. Yeah, you have to have immediate charisma, right? Because that's the entire draw of the sport is that the athletes are kind of... Hilarious. Just a little unhinged. Yeah, funny, but like also, you know, can command a crowd. Yeah. You know, it's not the same as other sports where it's more about their uh, individual performance. Like the theatrics is part of what makes WWE compelling TV. Yes, exactly. It's basically reality TV for men. (laughs) So it's not like hockey because have you ever seen a hockey player do an interview? It's like, yeah, we were just doing a team player. I hit my head on the ice and then uh, like they're like... (laughs) They're like, no charisma. Like, shut up. Okay, you big dumb himbo. You're hot, but shut up. <laughs> there was a really famous NFL player named Marshawn Lynch who used to literally show up to press conferences and be like, I'm just here so I won't get fined because he just didn't want to answer questions. <laughs> he was just like, I'm just here so I won't get fined. And like, it became like a whole meme. But at least he was honest. At least he was honest. Exactly. A top marks honesty. Um, so back to uh, Cena and Liz's relationship. So they were married. Um, they finally got married in 2009 and they were married for about three years until Cena filed for divorce. It's not entirely known why the marriage broke down so quickly, especially since they'd been together for so long um, prior to that. But um, I mean, Cena's a very private person. Um, but he's alluded to the fact that he was on the road a lot of the times, like, you know, wrestlers, they travel like, like 360 days a year. They're often not home. And I think they were remodeling their home as well. And that caused like major, major arguments. So they filed for divorce. And during, um, after a scene had filed for divorce, it came out that, uh, Liz had signed a prenup 16 days before the wedding. No. That supposedly included a clause that allowed Cena to take back any gifts he had given her as well. So it was a very, very crippling prenup. No. Oh, my God. When he was broken, had nothing? <laughs> yeah. So I don't even... So this is a bit of a hot mess. Like, I, I mean, for me, firstly, an on and off relationship should really stay off. Yeah. Wait, so what's the timeline? Did they get married before um, he got famous or after? 
No, after, so when they got married in 2009, this was when his career was really starting to take off. Like, really, really taking off. Okay. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. They were sleeping in the car when he had first started out, so he had nothing. He was in his early 20s. So it seems like this woman dedicated a lot of her time, energy, towards supporting this guy in more ways than one. And Cena even acknowledged that as well. He was literally homeless and broke. But now I'm not going to say that people should remain together if they're not happy. But the fact that he made her sign such a one-sided prenup is deeply problematic. Yeah, that's fucking selfish. Yeah, especially when she spent so much time supporting him without any type of guarantee it was ever going to pay off. If you are going to do Bob the Builder for a guy, like make sure that you're married to them. If we look at people yeah, like Jeff, yeah. like Bezos and and Bill Gates, the reason why their wives got a nice a nice payday or Melinda Gates is in line for a nice payday is that they were married at the time <laughs> at the time. <laughs> if they weren't married, they and they would probably be left with nothing. Yeah, Mackenzie well Mackenzie married Jeff before Amazon has even started, whereas uh, Melinda married Bill after Microsoft started. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. So, but it's still like they've been married for a very long time. They have combined assets. They have combined foundations. Mackenzie Bezos was actually actively involved in building the structure of the business from the ground up, securing contracts, like all of the things that a person who was part of the startup team would do. So her payout was more than warranted because she was essentially his 50, not even essentially, she was his 50% partner. All And especially if you're married, let's say Amazon went completely bust, like that's combined joint risk when you're married, right? So your finances are um, combined. So for all intents and purposes, like, yes, she was, a, she's also a co-founder of Amazon, even though once Amazon became a formal company, Jeff Bezos was like the actual CEO, et cetera. But yeah, the point being that these women were married to the men that they that they worked really hard for. And unfortunately for Liz, she wasn't. So what what gifts did she have to return to him? It didn't say, but it's just, it just had, I'm not even sure how that was even legal because how is that fair? Like if you give someone a gift, it's, you shouldn't expect it back, right? Yeah. The thing about prenups is they can write whatever they want, but not all that, not all of that stuff is legally binding. Yeah. And, and depending on what state you're in, it could be completely irrelevant. Like there are certain structural aspects to the law that prevent certain aspects of prenups being signed into uh, or being like uh, honored during divorce proceedings. Yeah. So it's really, really complicated. And I don't know enough about it to speak definitively. But yeah, it's it's highly possible that that technically isn't actually uh legal but even if it isn't legal it's still deeply problematic that he'd put that in in the first place it's a dick move yeah it's a dick move like that was a red flag it's a massive red flag and also it's 16 days before the wedding which makes me think well you know was it i just think if you're gonna do something like a prenup it needs to be like firstly you need your own independent legal advice and you need to make sure that it's fair to you as well like did she not have a lawyer? Like he waited to the last minute on purpose. Because she eventually got the same like lawyer that took Hulk Hogan, who was another um, like WWE superstar, that took Hulk Hogan to the cleaners after his divorce. So I would imagine that prenup was quite ironclad if she's going to get such a lawyer. But, and I know prenups are spoken about a lot on the subreddit and I'm not entirely against them, but 
it's it should also be seen as another vetting strategy as well if a guy is clearly expecting you to sign a very very one-sided prenup you need to reevaluate if this is somebody you should be marrying yeah because a high value man even if you divorce that he shouldn't want to see you homeless or or not getting your fair share especially if you helped him and you've raised kids he shouldn't want to see you destitute yeah, the sort of man who wants you to be destitute if you get divorced is a red fucking flag. And I know some marriage and I know some marriages like this where like the I for the men, like the idea of leaving their wife destitute if she ever leaves him is like the whole draw. Like they use it as a control thing. And so, yeah, it's a big fucking red flag if a guy is making you sign a prenup like that. Yeah, they're definitely trying to control you and then furthermore if you're involved in actually supporting his career, you're just doing a bunch of unpaid labor that you're not being compensated for, right? So it's like a double insult because essentially this person just used you for a come up, didn't actually compensate you for any of that work, expected that to be part of your relationship. But once you are talking about like, hey, can I share in some of the success that I actually helped invest in you, then suddenly they are hemming and hawing and thinking you don't deserve it, Right. And you see, I mean, you've seen stuff like this with like family businesses as well, right? A lot of the times the wife will do all the back office work. She essentially is an unpaid employee. And then once uh, does like a lot of stuff that would probably be too expensive if they hired out actual help uh, to get businesses off the ground. And then when they get divorced, the guy wants to act like, oh, she never did anything. Right. I'm like, no, she's an early investor and your sole employee. Right. Like it's very cheap labor. So just watch when guys do this because they act like women don't deserve alimony or that like they're all leeches and that that uh, the man's success is his own. And that's just not true. It's not true at all. It's just it's not, not true. true. It's just fundamentally not true. And that's why they use women's labor in that, in that regard, because they couldn't get their butt. They like it, it's much harder in some respects. It's much easier to exploit your girlfriend or your wife than it is to try to exploit like one of your buddies and tell them to work for free forever. Right. And then be like, oh, when if you become successful, be like, oh, this is me. This is my company. Because that guy's going to demand like equity and ownership. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're married, you already kind of inherently have that. So that that's the thought behind it. And don't let men like make it seem like every woman involved in this is just a freeloader because that's just not true. Yeah. Also, I think a lot of women do this because they assume they assume that men are ethical participants just like they are. And so they think, oh, if I help my man support his business, if I support him, if I do this, he'll he'll see what I've done and he'll recognize all the work I've put in and he'll really respect and love me for it. And famous famous last last words, words, right? Like (laughs) all the women think that, oh, if I invest in him when he's not famous, then he'll I'll get my payoff later or he'll like he'll show me some reciprocity later no and that's why fds we demand investment up front because we don't believe this bullshit that like oh if you just slave away for a man then maybe one day he'll give you a payoff like understand that men will happily take your labor and your attention and your devotion for years and then when they make it and become famous they will dump you like a hot potato for another woman there's a term for it it's called starter wife exactly so understand that men are not ethical participants it's so wild to me they'll hang out with their buddies from high school but their wife will be the first person they dump yeah yeah it's really messed up because they can't wait to put their homies on and be like oh i'm going to share the wealth of the community but like the woman that literally is birthing and raising their kids she's the first person to get jettisoned yeah and the saddest thing is it's sort of a double whammy for the women i mean this didn't happen in um like seniors case as far as i know but when the woman is busy building the man she's also neglecting her own like dreams and aspirations as well like there was a thread on like reddit 
I think, that I came across. And it was saying, like, so many women were saying, oh, I dropped out of law school to be with my husband. I didn't go to medical school to be with my partner. Like, they, like, women, they they sacrifice a lot more than just their labour. They also sacrifice their own ability to have a career. It's the opportunity cost. Yep. The opportunity cost. And this is why, like, women end up... um, in poverty, in divorce, because if you spent, you know, years and years investing in this person uh, to the point where you've neglected your own dreams, you know, if that relationship ends, you don't really have a lot to go back on. And it's just really, really sad that women are set up in this way. Yeah, that's why I think men deserve to be rinsed. So ladies, always put yourself in a situation where you can easily rinse the man. True. Like, even if you're in love now and things are great now, keep in mind, like, that love could change into hate at any point in the future. You never know, right? Yeah. So even when you're in love and things are great, in fact, when you're in love, that's the best time to make sure that you're in an advantageous situation, right? That's when you have the strongest negotiating power. Make zero financial and time investments in men, and especially in their businesses, unless you are married. So don't skip college for men because that's one of those <laughs> yeah. things that, no, I'm serious, True. because that is something that gets considered when you have to go and split assets and uh, ask for alimony. It's like, what were, you, what, what kinds of uh, opportunity costs were foregone by the woman to support the man's career? Because you're essentially a, a singular unit in the eyes of mm. the law, right? So. Those are the kinds of things that actually will would really behoove you to keep track of so that if things go bad, you have some kind of recourse to be like, uh, okay, I'm entitled to this much money because this is the amount that I would have been investing here had I not invested in you. Yeah. And I think we need to have more of these cautionary tales for men where women rinse the man because I think if men... Uh, if men realize, like, oh, shit, like, she's going to come after me financially, like, maybe I should not fucking be a piece of shit. Like, I don't know. They will. They'll just be sneakier about it. But that that's the thing. Women need to get smarter about this shit. I'm a, that's why I'm a, almost a little bit scared sometimes to publish these episodes, because then you just realize there's guys that are going to listen to this and then be like, I'm going to hide all my assets in some like tax sheltered place where she can't access it and then never tell any woman about it and just really hose women down. But that's why we re- require men to be upfront with their investment. If they're being miserly, then we don't date them. Exactly. True. Exactly. So. Yep. That was the, the first part of this debacle. So moving on to part two, and this is Cena's relationship with Nikki Bella. He started to date Nikki in around July 2012. Like literally, it, it must have been a matter of weeks after his divorce was finalized, which is a big, is a huge red flag. Absolutely massive red flag. Do you think he cheated on his first wife with Nikki? I mean, she did allege that he cheated. I don't know if anything came out of that allegation. I mean, it's probably true. (laughs) If they were dating, I mean, if they started dating right away after they got divorced. But it is actually known that wrestlers do cheat a lot because they're just away from home all the time. Not that that it makes it okay, but they have groupies, they have fans, they're on the road all the time. So cheating is... Like, even Vince McMahon, the owner of the organisation, he cheated on his wife, Linda. So I wouldn't be surprised, to be <laughs> honest. So Nikki uh, was a WWE wrestler at the same time as well. I almost think she's one of those, like, Diablo, <laughs> Diablo success stories, to be honest. So, Wait, or what is Diablo? Isn't that, like, that subreddit where women, like, I guess become managers yes yeah, subreddit where basically women uh strategize on how to 
to hook rich men, basically, and keep them. Oh, so those are the actual gold diggers. Queen. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not mad at it. I didn't say I was mad at it, but I'm saying... I'm, I'm not saying Nikki's a gold digger, but she even admitted, like, years after the fact that he did help her in her career, like, massively. So she got a reality TV show. She was, like, the face of the women's wrestling division. She basically she basically became, like, a Kardashian. Like, she, she got endorsements. And that's not to say she didn't work hard, but when... But if you're dating, like, the biggest franchise player, that's going to open doors for you as John Cena's girlfriend, and it did for her. So they dated for six years and their relationship was documented on reality TV shows like Total Divas and Total Bellas. And at the beginning, uh, Cena made it clear to Nikki that he never wanted marriage or kids. Um, the reason being, like Cena would say, he was devoted to his career. So he didn't want to have he didn't want to have kids because he wouldn't have time to raise them, which is fair enough. I mean, again, they're very busy people. So he knew he'd be an absent father. And after his divorce, he said that he just didn't want to go through that whole that whole shebang again, which is another fucking red flag because like, Nikki wanted to get married to him. So yeah. this was a sticking point for years in their relationship. Cena even gets a vasectomy so he can't have kids. Oh, so he was serious about that. <laughs> he was serious. And all the while, Nikki's saying, I want to be a mom. Like, I want us to get married. In the meantime, she's moving into his house. They're playing, um, like, she's playing house with him. Um, and they just go back and forth like over whether or not they get married. So eventually, um, I think it was in 2017 or 2018, Cena proposes to her in the ring um, in front of like thousands of fans at WrestleMania, which is like the Super Bowl of WWE. But a couple of weeks before their wedding, they actually split up. I mean, Cena said he eventually like relented on being married and having kids, but uh, Nikki felt like, he was only doing it to keep her around. Like, he didn't... His heart wasn't in it, basically. So it was a shut-up ring. Yeah, like, literally, it was a shut-up ring. And he would say, like, really, really cryptic shit as well. Like, before they got engaged, he would say... Because, like, Nikki had to have surgery on her neck. So before she went under, he was like, oh, I whispered to her, and I said, you know, someday I'm going to marry you. And she was like, yes. I was like, how fucked up is that? Like... Oh, my gosh. That is so manipulative. What? I mean, I feel like you can say a lot of supportive things, but not like dangle the one thing that she's been saying she values when she's literally under anesthesia for surgery. Do you know what I mean? Like major surgery on her neck as well. I think she like broke her neck. Like that is just beyond fucked up. Yeah, that's cruel. Yeah, that feels manipulative. And I, and I think a lot of his behavior here suggests that he's manipulative. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so they break up and in 2018. Wait, why did they break up? It was... It was a combination of factors. Firstly, Nikki felt like that his heart wasn't in oh, it. Oh, like he wasn't into it? And that Cena basically proposed to her as like a sharp ring, yeah, basically. Because ultimately, and this is the thing with something like marriage and kids, if the two people can't agree on whether they should do it or not, the relationship is a non-starter. If, if Cena was saying this when they first got together, that should have been her signal to, to bail on the relationship. Yeah, I guess it's it's so complicated because she's her career is wrapped up in him. So that adds like this layer of obligation she probably felt. Right. Yeah. I just read um, I'm just reading this article about the couple and it, there's this one line that's like, apparently she said 
that if being with him meant never being a wife or mother, that was a sacrifice she was willing to make. Like she said that to her family. And I'm like, girl, no, (laughs) never sacrifice your wishes for a man. Yeah. She should have just let him put her on and then upgraded. Yeah. Right. Once it became clear, he wasn't going to invest in her more than that. Yeah. Once a man says he doesn't want to invest in you, that's when I make a mental note that he deserves to be exploited. So I'm just going to like, (laughs) I'm just going to mine him for resources as long as I can until he gets sick of it and then bounces. And I think a point to note as well is that men know what marriage means. They know the significance of marriage. Like, don't let them bullshit you and say it's a piece of paper or, you know, where, you know, where it's, it's basically the same as being married, but we're not. Like, like marriage has real implications and protections that they are well aware of. So if they're not willing to commit to you in that way, don't waste your time. Oh, I just want to point out the re- in this article I'm reading about how um, it's from Paste Magazine, and it says that Nikki signed a contract to live in John's house. Like, I'm just going to read this part because it's so funny. It says, Nikki signed a contract to live in John's house, and they share a pet, which means they're effectively common-law married anyways, though in Florida, where John and Nikki live, doesn't recognize such relationships. Making it official really only deems their relationship socially acceptable to people on the outside, not the two people involved. Uh, <laughs> this is called undermining your own argument with it. Like, yeah. it literally just said, in Florida, where John and Nikki live, doesn't recognize this relationship. So, yes, making it official does make a fucking difference it does make it matters then yeah yeah <laughs> then what, is, what did they mean by she signed a contract to live with him yeah savannah do you know more about that so it was on the reality show total divas and she moved to florida from california i think to live with him and he made her sign like a 75 page contract <laughs> a prenup and you're not even getting married and it said and it said stuff like if the relationship ends, you have to be out by 11 a.m. the next day. <laughs> Stuff like that. Oh, that's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah, no, that's a red fucking flag. Yeah, no, this guy's petty as fuck. <laughs> he explained why. Um, because he basically, um, like, pays or supports, not pays, but he supports his entire family. So he built his mom a house in Massachusetts that his brother lives in. He's got trust funds for his nieces and nephews. And he was trying to argue that he just doesn't want a woman to basically, like, rent him, essentially. Yeah, if his name's on the house and they're not married... She has no right to it anyways. Like, it just seems excessive. It just seems excessive. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why would you make a woman sign a prenup to live in your house? That's, like, a fucking... (laughs) That's low value as fuck. So, he came across as a bit of an asshole in that whole reality TV show like stand. a bit <laughs> a bit no <laughs> it's like fucking fds villain yeah and 75 pages that basically says you have to vacate the home as soon as we break up is is pretty insane and you have to live by his rules like you have to put stuff where he wants you to put them that actually just sounds like coercive control honestly yeah that's coercive control that sounds actually abusive and the thing is he presented the contract when like on the day she moved in it wasn't even like he sent it before she started moving her stuff in and he was like okay sign this and that's that's not fair that's coercive control. That's what he's doing. He waits till she's in a position to not say no, to spring it on her on purpose, right? If you've already moved, all your stuff's going there. I'd have been like, hell no. And like, you'll have to formally evict me now. Yeah. 
Like, okay, the fact that he sprung it on two different women the la- at the last minute, like the 16 days before the wedding thing. It's deliberate. That's a, yeah, that's manipulative. Doing it the day that she moves in. That's like, that's not really like a, like when, co- when you sign a contract, it should be freely of your own volition and not under duress. <laughs> it's just like signing your tenancy contract on the day you move in like you wouldn't really do that you need time to read it digest it possibly seek legal advice if you want to so it's really bad i think he knows he would she would have been scared off that's why he waited till she wanted to move so this is a way for again once again of him exploiting her getting what he wants and then waiting till she gets there and then springing on all these like conditions right if he had just given it to her up front she would have time to think about it and maybe said no but he doesn't want her he wants her to live there right he wants her to live there and he wants her to completely obey him which is why he did that Uh, so the alarm bells were ringing like from the but from the very beginning of their relationship, from the time when he said, I don't want marriage and kids, to the time where he was controlling, to the time they were in couples therapy. And, you know, Cena basically said in a Rolling Stones interview, I'm selfish as fuck. When a man tells you who he is, believe him. Believe him. Believe him. Exactly. So, so after their, um, yeah, so after their split, um, like Nikki gets with, I think he's called Artem, the dancer from Dancing with the Stars. Personally, I think Artem's a massive rebound um, because she's still thirsty for Cena, as far as I can see. And then in October 2020, Cena gets married to somebody else. How how long did they date? What kind of crazy contract did he make her sign this time? 18 months. 18 months. It's weird to me that the the amount of time he has to date someone before marrying them gets shorter and shorter each time. <laughs> because he didn't want to marry these women. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it comes back to. Like, what's his, just... what's his new girl's <sighs> name? What's his wife's name? She's called Shay. Shay. She's called Shay. Um, she, they met when he was filming a movie in Vancouver, and they dated for like. It must have been less than 18 months because they got married on the down low, like, last October. Mm-hmm. Oh, Shay is Canadian. Hey, <laughs> Sorry. This also seems, again, because he seems manipulative, I would not be surprised if this was, like, a dig at Nikki. Because men do stuff like this. And I know we had a post on Instagram about how, like, sometimes men just give the next girl what you wanted because they don't want to feel like they're the problem. Yeah. Especially because Nikki Bella moved on with her life, right? She started dating someone else. She got pregnant and he looks like a tool bag. And she ended the relationship, actually. Right. Like, finally, she ended it as well. So that could also be possibly crushed ego, maybe. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Also, his new wife, Shay, is an engineer. So I honestly think she's too good for him. Like, she's above his league. I just think with his relationship history, it just brings up so, so many red flags. Um, And from what he said about himself, like he's very, he's dedicated to his career, which is fine. But don't go then seeking out relationships that you just don't have time for. Like, I just think that is just completely unfair and unreasonable. And then you expect the woman to then do whatever you say to fit into your programme. And there's a big age gap between his wife and him now, because his wife's only 30 and he's 44. So that's also another red flag. That's another red flag, yeah. So it looks like, yeah, he got a quickie marriage to a much younger woman uh, that he didn't date for very long, suspiciously after his old ex-girlfriend 
got married and has a child. But to be honest, I think Artem is a rebound because she was saying how, or like when she had her first child with with Artem, uh, Cena called her to congratulate her, and then she and then she was saying how John and I will forever be tied. I'm like, what the fuck? That's no. John and I will ever forever be tied together. Oh my god, that's so pick me. Her entire career is because she's connected to John Cena. She probably just doesn't feel comfortable going scorched earth on that relationship the way she probably needs to. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, at this point, I'm like, she's already independently famous. So I'd have been like, fuck John, and then moved on with my life because you can't unfamous her. Right? Yeah, that's true. So, <laughs> if anything, going scorched earth would make her more famous. <laughs> yeah, she seems, like, pretty gracious about the whole thing, which I think says a lot about her, her character and, like, that she's overall Too gracious. probably a very kind-hearted person. But I think this is a time where she should be incredibly selfish because it's clear John Cena is going to do that. Also, an article was posted three hours ago with the title, Nikki Bella explains why her and Artem, blah, 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 last name, can't pronounce it, wedding keeps getting promo- uh, wedding keeps getting postponed. So it looks like her wedding with her new man just keeps getting postponed. And oh my God, that's so sad. But is it her or is it him? Well, that will, well, she's currently in couples therapy with Artem as well. Oh, so no. it's like, ugh, sis. Sis. I'm not anti-couples therapy, but it's just sort of, um, you just wonder why, right? Like, I feel like couples therapy should be for when the couple's already in a good place, but often people use it as a sort of Hail Mary or a Band-Aid when... Yeah, exactly. Like, the relationship's already on death's door. And if you start having to go within the first, like, year, I would say, the relationship is in massive trouble, to be honest, because that should be the honeymoon stage, really. I mean, not the honeymoon stage, but that should be the stage where you're getting comfortable, you're enjoying each other, not tashing it out with a therapist, per se. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say if you have to go to therapy within the first year, like, you, you're having a lot of fights and you're like, oh, let's go to couples therapy, then yeah, the relationship's not good. But there are some couples, and in fact, my my own parents said, like, that they should have done this before they got married, that they should have been more proactive about couples or about couples therapy not using it as a a band-aid right before getting divorced like some some people just do it like proactively just to like i don't know that's different yeah yeah Yeah. so so the the reason that she's saying that their wedding has been postponed is because her husband or because artem wants his parents to be able to attend and i guess because of coronavirus they haven't been able to travel so that seems like actually maybe a legitimate excuse I mean, they can always mm. get the paper marriage and have the physical wedding later. A lot of, a lot of people have been doing that, but yeah. They could, they could. But it could also be an excuse, so you never know. Yeah. And I still don't understand why people have babies before getting married. Yeah, it's weird to have babies before getting married, yeah. She had a panty baby. <laughs> a, pa- a pandemic baby? Yeah. A panty baby, yeah. <laughs> With the John Cena thing, I think it, it throws up a lot of lessons. Like, you know, the first one is that if a guy tells you that he doesn't want marriage or kids believe him don't stick around trying to change his mind don't talk yourself out of wanting what you want just to hang on to this guy yeah because there are other guys who will gladly give you what you want without hesitating and also the longer you stick around the more this guy thinks he's doing something because he must think oh well if she's sticking around then you know she must really 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 want me if she's willing to give all that up for me and that just inflates their ego yeah. Yeah, like never sacrifice what you want just to keep a man 
who isn't even that great. It's it's literally never worth it. And they would never do the same for you. Exactly. Absolutely never. Okay, so the other thing too is because she's at 30, she's 38. I guess she wanted to have the child right away. I kind of don't blame her for that, actually. I kind of see where she's going with it. She's like, I wanted to have the baby now. The wedding is getting postponed because of coronavirus. It's not the best way to do things, but I'm kind of seeing... The reasoning. It's sort of, a, it's a weird couple of years. I think on a normal timeline, we'd be like, this is not an excuse, but... Yeah. Yeah, true. I mean, maybe, yeah, if it was not, if there was not a pandemic, then I would be more suspicious. But the fact that, yeah, it's been a weird couple of years, I can be, I, I kind of get it. Yeah. Also, their baby looks so fucking cute. They actually look so adorable. Their family is so precious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, their Instagram is goals. It's really cute. But again, you never know. And also what was really cool is that she's got an identical twin sister, Brie, and they were pregnant at the same time. They think they gave birth within like two days of each other. How cool is that? Mm, dang. That is, that is adorable. That's super cool. Also, when a guy says he doesn't want to get married, the to you is often silent because what yeah. these men will do is they will waste like women's time and then they'll eventually like realize that they're running out of smoke, becoming decrepit, and they will marry the next woman that comes along. It's a this is why when I heard that Cena got married, I was like, I'm not surprised he's done this. This is a tailor's oldest time. Look at George Clooney, for example. He had so many forever girlfriends. Even guys like that, they start to reach the end of their rope of, of when they can realistically pull. Yeah. They always joke about women hitting the wall. Like, men do hit the wall. Absolutely. It's not like... I think they all have this like like vision that they're going to be swinging bachelors into their 50s, but that's just not the case. There becomes a, a stage where you either got to outright buy prostitutes or like outright buy sugar babies or get in a relationship with a woman who actually likes you, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, I don't think Cena looks bad at all. Like, you know, physically, like, in terms of his body, he's he's probably in the top 1%. But face-wise, he is looking his age. Like, he's not the young, <laughs> you know, fresh-faced wrestler anymore. And he, I'm sure even he knows that now. Yeah. And his body's got to be going to shit. Like, these guys who are in WWE, they're basically decrepit by the time they retire <laughs> because of the, the, the wear and tear. Yeah, so um, the wear and tear has accelerated in that lifestyle. Ultimately, you just have to know your worth and when it's time to walk away from a relationship. And I just don't... I see a lot of women convince themselves that we have a great relationship, but um, but I want to get married and he doesn't. And it's like... <laughs> You can't have half a marriage. You can't have half a child. I think like marriage and kids are probably the two things you cannot really negotiate on and possibly religion as well. You can't really negotiate on. So it's important to bear in mind what your deal breakers are. And if, you know, marriage or kids or anything in a relationship is important to you, you have to be willing to walk away if the person that you're with is not willing or able to give that to you. Yeah. Also, I have heard of cases where a woman really wants a child, the man doesn't want it. And so if they have a child, the man will say something like, okay, I'll let you have a child, but I won't do anything to contribute to it. I've seen all, a lot of these cases oh in like gosh. Breaking Mom, like the Breaking Mom subreddit. Yeah. And so these sorts of relationships often end up with a woman paying for all the child's expenses, doing everything. They're living in the same house. So she's still like cooking and cleaning for him, but he's just like a deadbeat with a mommy McBang maid, like in the same house. So never be in a... That is so depressing. It's so fucking sad that there are women out there who agree to that. <laughs> like I've seen it the other way around as well, where the woman doesn't want to have kids, but the guy's like, no, 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 I want kids. I'll help, I'll help. Obviously, when the kid gets here, 
he doesn't do shit. And so the kid is left with somebody, the mother, who ultimately didn't want them. Yeah. The irony of that, too, is like they would have just been so much better off just dumping that guy and finding a guy who wanted to have kids. So now they're 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 hanging on to this guy and they're robbing themselves of other opportunities. And they're robbing their children. Yeah. Of a father. It feels just strange to me. And I know that a lot of people don't feel like, oh, I love my kid right away. And they might not feel warm, fuzzy feelings, but you have something that's literally dependent on you to survive and you can't muster up a single fuck to give. Yeah. Mm, Yeah, that's fucked. Even if you don't want children, it feels like low value as fuck to have the child and just like not not care for them at all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That is low value as fuck. But yeah. I know people like to say, oh, FDS are only interested in men who are mega rich, which is a complete lie. But there are some women who are, and that's fine. But uh, they also come with their own problems and drawbacks. Like wealthy men, they they often didn't become wealthy by being generous philanthropists, right? They know how to amass wealth and they also know how to retain wealth as well. And if you, I mean, sometimes if you then come into their orbit, they don't see you as somebody who is, um, who's going to be an an equal partner in their world. They see you as a threat and they will do whatever they can to make sure that you don't get what's, what's owed to you. And they will do whatever they can to make sure that you're shut out as well. So you also have to vet wealthy men really, really carefully. Um, they, just because somebody has got money, that doesn't mean that they'll be generous as we've seen with John Cena when he put the, the, you have to give the gifts back clause in his prenup or, or when he made Nikki Bella sign that ridiculous contract. Like that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be generous towards there's this uh quote that i saw in people magazine where he was saying that like because she signed that contract he realized like oh she uh, she really likes him and she's really in it for the long haul it seems manipulative for him to say that but also it it was all for not wasn't it it didn't really matter in the at the end of the day because she still didn't get what she wanted and he he spent the rest of the relationship still treating her badly, right? So I feel like with Nikki, she should have cut her losses at some point. Yeah. Because it's yeah. clear that, like, John Cena just has no problem leashing off women for as, exactly as long as it benefits him. And then not a second yeah. more. Yeah. And then not a second more. And then and then secondly, you know, all of the WWE wrestlers have a storyline, right? Like, I imagine, like, having a hot girlfriend and having that storyline between their love was also a big part of his story like he benefited from that yeah he benefited from Mm. that as well right yeah so if you're in a situation where a man is like supporting your career in some way you have to have this you have to adopt this like cold ruthless mindset like men do of i'm only going to stay in this relationship for as long as it benefits me and then as soon as it stops benefiting me i'm going to end it and when you're interacting with men always keep in mind like maximizing my own benefit maximizing my own benefit like Basically, use him in a way that will be maximally beneficial to you and then take the emotions out of it altogether, honestly. Like, understand that that, it almost seems like what they had, like, with the whole WWE, like, story, love storyline kind of thing um, was, like, almost like commercializing their love story. Like, understand that this is not, like true love. This is, like, money. (laughs) This is about money, okay? You have to approach these sort of, these sorts of money-making relationships with a pragmatic mindset. Yeah, this is this is again reality TV for men. So the the whole engagement and the whole storyline is like part of it. It's part of it. Yeah. This is basically like real housewives if they were swole. 
<laughs> but also know your worth, right? Like it seems like Nikki Bella thought that she depended on John Cena for her career when in fact it was him depending on her for his career in some ways. And also, like, she doesn't need to beg a man to marry her at all. She's beautiful. She's accomplished. She's she's extremely, extremely kind-hearted. Like, and it just, it was really sad watching Total, um, like, Divas and Total Bellas because she would see her twin sister, Brie, um, like, she found a guy who was absolutely crazy about her. They got married, had a kid, and... You know, it would make you question, you know, what's wrong with me? Why won't he commit to me? And it was just really, really sad just, like, seeing her self-esteem just tank um, each time he basically told her, I don't want to marry you and I will never marry you. He said that so many times to her. Also, rich men who don't spend money on you are equal in value to poor men. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Talk about it. Right? Yeah. Like, let me, let me, let me go on this rant a little bit. Okay, so men seem to think that when a man is high value, it's like objective, like the more attractive or the more tall or the more money he has, the more objectively high value he is. No, like I'm of the view that women define men's value. And if a man does not spend money on you as a woman or doesn't invest in you or treats you badly, he could be a fucking billionaire or trillionaire, whatever. If he doesn't spend money on you, he's just as good as the fucking homeless broke guy at the gas station. Yeah, he's bringing you zero value. He's just like, like trying to like hook and bait you based on perceived lengthy value, but at the same time exploiting you with no investment on his part. Yeah, that's just a scam. And even if he's buying you stuff as well, you need to think about proportionality. So let's say, for example, you have an engagement ring, that's £5,000, right? Just just for argument's sake. If he's earning, you know, $60 million a year, that's chicken feed. That's different if he was earning, yeah. say, £45,000 a year. So even if he's buying you gifts, like, you also need, I'm not saying you need to look at every price tag, but you also need to look at the effort and the sacrifice that's gone into such gifts. Mm-hmm. True. Um, because that's also how rich men can keep you in a box. They can buy you a lot of stuff, but if it's cheap shit or stuff that you don't want or stuff that you never asked for, it's still selfish and self-centered because they're not thinking about what you want. They're just thinking about how it makes them look just to say, I gave you this. Cause Cena did get her stuff. Like he bought her designer bags and a Range Rover, but for somebody on Cena's level, like he was probably worth around $30 million at the time. That's chicken feed. Like his, like his car collection alone is worth millions. Like it isn't spoken about enough on the subreddit, how to vet rich men because some people see rich men as the prize and the end goal, but you have to vet them really hard as well. Like, don't be blinded by their wealth or or their assets because they will fuck you over in different ways to a broke man. Yeah, yeah. and like we kind of talked about in the Dave Portnoy episode, like especially if they're the more famous partner or they have the platform, you can they can really destroy you in ways. So it's 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 almost more yeah. It's the stakes are higher in some respects, meaning like the risks are higher in some respects because this is a person that has infinitely more power than you, you know, legally, socially, economically, or whatever uh, way that they built their wealth. So even if you do get in this relationship, you have to make sure that you have some kind of like recourse if he just decides to pull everything. Like, are you going to be homeless? Is he going to destroy, you know, if he's a rich guy that works in your industry, is he going to destroy your future job prospects? Like, there's so many ways it could go badly if you're not careful vetting it's very high risk i'd say i i agree actually as someone who's dated wealthy men it is very high risk the things that they can do to you when you don't have your own wealth is yeah don't underestimate that 
it can leave you vulnerable, which is why you have to you have to bet them as well and make sure that you are approaching them from a place of security mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not desperation and going goo goo gaga over them just because they're rich. That's why we don't do the gold digger strategy thing because it's just not it's not it's not FDS in the sense of like you, you're so much better off. Although we're not anti gold digger. But we're not anti gold digger, but it's just not, it's not FDS. It's just more or less like speak for yourself, bro. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm saying, I'm saying like, we're not like, okay. I I think I talked about this in the Patreon. Like there's an aspect of a lot of the gold digger type videos where they're big on like the femininity training and learning how to um, be seductive to a man or uh, signal your submission to him, et cetera. And all those things make you look like a clown if you don't have anything else going for you, quite frankly, because Mm. again, if you don't, if you have your own wealth, your own platform, your own network, your own circle, then you can come to that person uh, in a position of more power Right. Then if you're just trying to do the femininity training and then essentially they may or may not look at you like a working class side piece, side piece. Right. Yeah. Understand when it comes to marriage, men generally tend to marry within their own social class. Yeah. Men want to marry their equal or someone better than them. So that's I think that's why he married Shay so quickly is because she's an engineer. She's beautiful. She's accomplished. I think she's actually too good for him. Right. That's why we say at FDS, if you want a high value man, you have to be a high value woman because high value men want high value women. And just to tee off what Rose said as well, you can have you can still. And this is where FDS, I think, takes the dating strategy to a different level is that you can have the looks, the the career, um, the social circles, everything going for you like Nikki Bella did. But if you don't if you don't have rock solid standards and boundaries, you will still get fucked over by men. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter, you know, how successful you are outside of the relationship. If you don't come into the relationship with clear standards, boundaries and deal breakers and not only having them, but being willing to enforce and act upon them as well. And that's, and, and this is why FDS drills home the message that you need to have standards and boundaries to ensure that you are living as authentically as you can. And also so that you can ensure that the relationships with men that you have are actually serving you and making you truly happy and giving you what you want. Yeah. Well said, Savannah. And here endeth the lesson. <laughs> I also want to talk about this contract some more because there's it is actually <laughs> listen this contract. I've been waiting. No, 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 because from a legal standpoint, it is the most manipulative <laughs> fucking thing I've ever seen. Okay, 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 okay. We'll give you a bit of like bonus content preview, guys. We'll just go. Um, we'll just do a straight roast of this of this of of John Cena's moving in contract. Yeah, yeah. I just need like five minutes for that because because like okay, first of all. Uh, it specified that she was a guest. Like, the contract said that she was a guest, which is, okay, first of all, it's, like, evil genius, because if she's not a resident, like, if it legally defines her as a guest and not a resident, then that means she has basically no legal rights. Again, the question is, is how legal is that? You can't, like, most states, it's like, if you live continuously in a place for more than two weeks, the state recognizes that as your domicile. So, again, sometimes I feel like they pad out these contracts with all these clauses that are actually against actual state law, and it's just an intimidation tactic. It is. I mean, but again, but but again, it's the fact that he even gave her one in the first place that's deeply... (laughs) 
problematic. Yeah. No, but the reason why I think this is manipulative is because it creates that, it's like dread game. Like it creates that uncertainty in her. Yes. That's it. Dread game. That's it. Yes. So it's basically, it's like creating insecurity in the relationships. She's thinking, oh, like he could kick me out at any moment. So I better not get in a fight with him. Right. It creates the same insecurity as like triple talak does in, uh, you know, triple talak in Islam. You can like say talak, talak, talak and divorce your, you know, divorce a woman on the spot. So it creates this like insecurity. The woman is thinking like, oh, I better not, like, oh, I better not piss him off. I better not do this or that. He could divorce me on the spot, right? So it causes women to police themselves and to just put, it puts them in a more like submissive state. So that's why yeah. I mean, it's actually just fucking, that's what I mean about it being like coercive control, right? Um, and then the other thing was that he said, that the reason why he needed this contract was because, oh, I support my family. I'd be damned to let anyone take that away from me. He's basically saying he's afraid of, like, a woman rinsing him. and He's she's, basically saying she's afraid she's a gold digger because yeah. he's giving it to her. And then, the, But I'm reading this article about in People magazine describing him, like, telling her, and it sounds to me like really fucking... Like, this is an example of men using emotional manipulation to get women to be like... Uh, okay, baby, I'll let you walk all over me and shit on me because you're such a nice person. He basically said, like, I support my mom, I support my brother, blah, blah, blah. This is why this is so important to me. And she's thinking, oh, I guess you're fucking me over because you're a good person kind of thing. And, and also, haven't you noticed as well, because this has happened to me in the past, where men will either directly or indirectly label you as something. So one time a guy called me possessive because it then puts you on the defensive to prove that you're not that way. It's almost like making you do a monkey dance to prove that you're not that way but then you'll start behaving in a way that is appealing to them because you want to prove to them that you're not like, this undesirable thing yeah if that makes sense yeah men do this all the time when they call women like oh you're materialistic oh you're this and that. like yeah. men will accuse women of be- being materialistic yeah so that women go oh i'm not materialistic I'm not materialistic yeah you don't need to do yeah. anything for me you don't need to like you can shit all over me and disrespect me and i'm not going to expect anything because i want to prove that i'm not materialistic they'll demonize normal behavior in women yeah. as like or you know wanting security or wanting investment they'll demonize that as like oh you're materialistic oh you're possessive you're a gold digger blah 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 and that puts women yeah like savannah said it puts you on the back foot to prove that you're not but that forces you to behave in a way that's beneficial to men yeah don't accept their labels right because the other thing too is materialism is like subjective to a certain extent some guys think you're materialistic if you want to eat at a restaurant that's not a fast food joint right it's so subjective in some respects so even when i see things like especially if you were on a dating profile they're like i don't like materialistic women it's like immediate swipe left man because this is a person who's going to uh who's already like made a decision or like categorized people in a certain way without any type of nuance he's already decided that you Mm. don't deserve shit yeah he's gonna like try to negotiate down your standards exactly and so and the the last point that i wanted to make about this was that uh two weeks before their wedding she called it off because um quote john acted more and more like he was doing her a favor by somehow conceding to go ahead and marry her the insider said nikki doesn't need a pity proposal a pity wedding a pity husband she's phenomenal tremendous woman agreed she is a phenomenal tremendous woman however the um the idea that i i'm so glad that she walked away at this point because this line about oh he acted like he was doing me a favor by marrying me that is like if she had married him he probably would have been a fucking abuser because that's what abusive yeah, men say absolutely. 
and like they they act like they're the prize that they're doing you such a favor by marrying you and that anytime you step out of line or do something they don't like they're just like oh you know i guess you're not appreciating my valiant efforts to <laughs> marry you or whatever right they they act like they're the prize and then they it's their way of like devaluing you right devaluation is one of the first steps in narcissistic abuse and so that is such a huge red flag and i'm so so glad that nikki bella saved herself from that i'm really scared for shay like his current wife yeah, yeah. because this is how he is right and so i hope that she's like smart and savvy enough to to get out while she still can uh shay if you happen to be listening to this just don't forget fds is here for you yeah um, you can find us over on our twitter account and the subreddit <laughs> rfds yeah. we are here for you yeah we are we will stand you yeah and that's our show Check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy for weekly bonus content. You have you guys have to listen to the free range pasture race sperm episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the funnier episodes. I think that in the prison episode, those are my two favorite yeah, bonus content so we recorded. <laughs> yeah. So uh yeah, check out our Patreon. You can also follow us on Twitter at fem.strat. And our website at thefemaledatingstrategy.com. We have a forum there if you want to discuss any of these things further with other FDS members. We also have a Discord on our Patreon if you want to talk directly with us. Um, Thanks for listening, Queens. And for all you scrotes out there, you can't see me! (laughs) (laughs) Die bad. See you next week. (laughs) 